are. We're back again. It's Josh. It's Anthony. It's Reliving the Lights. Here to talk about some Friday Night Lights. We are in episode nine of season two. Man, uh, this is where season two really gets going. No, I can't even say it really gets going, but it takes a turn. I think here is where it really like decides to go off the rails. I think we're... <laughs> yeah. How many episodes does this season last? 18? 16? Yeah, it's much shorter. Yeah. So... I think the writer's strike is probably the best thing that ever happened to this show. Honestly, yeah. Because I think the the first season was criminally underwatched, which we all know. The second season was marred by the writer's strike, which once again, I think if there wouldn't have been a writer's strike, I think we were we were maybe looking at cancellation after season two. Mm-hmm. Um but we got uh, uh, a season cut short. We got the most ridiculous things to ever happen in the entire series of the show. You know, I think the writers were trying to punch up, trying to make it into the OC, which is a show that we both love. We're on record uh, saying so. But um, yeah, this this episode is definitely the beginning of the end of the quality of this season, to my recollection. I mean, yeah, it's... It's hard to even say that because we've had murder and dumping dudes off of bridges this and season burning is, cars and whatnot. This whole season is a real anomaly. I think you ask anybody who is a, a true Friday Night Lights fan and they'll either say there wasn't a season two or <laughs> season two is just an absolute mess. It's a, a cluster, if you will. If there's just there's so much going on. I think they tried they threw so many things at the wall and nothing good stuck i think they would have stuck to the formula season one which they did end up going back to i would argue in the last three seasons but season two is just really it's really something special i'm I'm glad it exists right but i'm glad we get to talk about it i'll be curious once we hit the end of season two we move into season three like i want to i want to think about what would it be like if season two just didn't exist and we just got like a little recap of, you know, what oh, the Taylors the had a baby and <laughs> coach ended up back in, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause there are those, those very, very important things. Like, I mean, we had Tammy pregnant at the end of season one. Right. So we, yeah. so we have Gracie coming into our lives in season two. We've got coach moving back in season two. We've got, Matt and Julie breaking up in season two. So there are things that are integral mm. to the storyline, but it's so out there. Like it's, it's honestly a wonder that the show uh, existed beyond this. And I'm very yeah. happy it does, but yeah. Which, yeah. Even like the Matt and Julie thing, don't we enter season two with them? Like basically broken up already anyway. Cause more or less, I mean, the, the Swede the, is there and the Swede um, in episode one of season two, the Swede, has made his presence known. Yeah. He's there. They're kind of on the rocks at this point. It's not going well. Yeah. yeah so anyway, I mean, they, they break up by season two, episode two or three. So yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to see if, if like a Friday night lights recut, uh, re-release that just skips over season two could work. I think there's too much context. I really don't think you can make it work. You, you <sighs> yeah. could maybe do like a super cut, like 
here's the context of what happened. Yeah. Recap kind of thing. Like like a 10 minute thing at yeah. the beginning of Yeah, turn turn season 3 episode 1 into an hour and a half episode and the first half hour is yeah. The recap of, of the entirety of season 2. The important stuff. Lila becomes born again. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I don't even think Landry killing a guy is relevant, so we just throw that out. Well, and even even Lila, like, does she continue with that Christian lifestyle after this season? I don't remember. I, I feel like no. Yeah. Landry and Tyra, do they continue to be a thing after the season? I feel like they do. Like, I feel like there's at least tension there in the very least. But I don't know. It's been so long since I've yeah since I've watched seasons three, four, and five, especially. I've watched I've watched season two and one several times especially season yeah. one but i'm really i mean we've discussed this many many times i'm most excited <laughs> yeah. to dig into season three four and five because there's so much in there that i don't there's so much in season there's so much in this episode that <laughs> right. while watching it i was like i don't remember any of this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there were things isabella, that surprised me too. everything that happens with isabella i was like <laughs> what yeah so not to jump ahead of of the episode but yeah yeah yeah, well, we'll have to revisit this idea come season three or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for now, uh, I feel like we're we're tr- already getting into it a little bit. So uh, we better, what are you drinking here? Yeah, still on the diet, still learning that uh, Diet Coke has zero calories. So still <laughs> drinking the Captain Morgan and Diet Coke. Um, it's delicious. <laughs> what do you got over there? Uh, I have, I would say the official, the official beer of reliving the lights, Friday night lights, uh, rewatch podcast is the green belt premium American lager. It's the friendly beer. It is the friendly beer. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to get down to 195 is like the dream right now. I'm on like a trajectory till April and I still allow myself a cheat day. So like Saturday is my cheat day. So yep. We are in cheat day territory as we record. Hey, <laughs> I'm still drinking. Go, gr- go grab a green belt, man. I do have some in the fridge. <laughs> I, had sh- I had my first, uh, had a real moment. I, we maybe that probably doesn't matter if we cut this from the podcast. Cause I know my mom listens, but I also know that she lives in reality <laughs> that, uh, I had, uh, the first moment of, uh, had a, had a beer with my little brother last Oh week. yeah. Yeah. That's a- we watched the new Borat. Is very, um, very <laughs> that's a good brother very cool brotherly moment yeah yeah no, very nice your mom listens to the podcast huh yeah she listens to the show she's a big uh supporter of me as a human being i guess so. yeah right I mean, that's, <laughs> well, that's actually how i found out because uh miles and i my little brother miles and i don't know if this is gonna make the show so i thought i should yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, clarify he's my little brother um we were playing online the other day we were playing uh PGA two or two K twenty one online the other day with each uh-huh. other, and um, I told him I was like, "Oh yeah, we." Uh, I was like, "I was like, I was up late the other night. We were recording our podcast last night because I think I was hungover when we were playing." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, me and uh, my friend from high school, we recorded this podcast." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I know. Mom, mom listens to it sometimes." <laughs> uh, he's like, "I've heard her listen to it when I'm at home." So I'm like, "Oh, all right." Well. <laughs> I'm sure mom listens to the podcast. So by this time nice. she knows that I'm a, first of all, Tinder hall of famer. Uh, 
Well, thanks. Thanks for listening, Michelle. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. I'm glad my mom doesn't listen. I'm assuming. Maybe she does. I don't know. I think I, I think the way <laughs> considering the things that I've told my mom over the years, yeah. my antics, and considering the way that um that you edit the episodes and the way that I've asked you maybe not to include a thing here or there. Yeah. Um honestly I'm pretty comfortable with my mom listening to the show because I know that she's we've yeah she knows more than uh most moms know about their son. You have a pretty <laughs> yeah pretty healthy sharing yes. relationship. Yeah, uh, cool. yeah. On my end especially I've definitely in my early twenties had some nights where I shared maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. Your mom is your mom is a, a good mom for sure. There's no question about that. She is put up and we talked actually we talked tonight on the phone and she told me she was like <laughs> she said she was like well, you and Miles have both been definitely unpredictable at times. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> but to be fair, I was like, I was an angel until I was like a legal adult. <laughs> like <laughs> I was an absolute angel until I was like 18 and a half, like damn near 19, yeah. pretty much into, for, for all she knew. Uh-huh. I think I got a minor at like just short of 19. My one minor, my my the, the the most. If you go a criminal background check of me, I'm yeah. sure it's deleted by now. But that's like the worst thing I've ever done criminally. Right, right. people yeah. know about that's on record. <laughs> right, you did break into jail at one point. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like before that, like I was an angel, and she knows it. So yeah, she was like, yeah, you were pretty good. So. But she, she also was like, she she also said with Angie listening, she was like, <laughs> she's like, you also had some nights where you would text me something and I would be like, well, I don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> she was like, but then sometimes I would text you something where you wouldn't know how to respond. And I was like, I don't know if that's something that you should be proud of as a mother. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, sons raised by single mothers. We have a uh, yeah, certainly unique unique relationships. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Anyway, so let's get into the episode. <laughs> yeah, Did, were we just talking about what we were drinking? Yeah, yes. we got into what we were drinking. I'm right. still on the diet. Yeah. You're drinking Grandma Premium, which is the unofficial drink of the show. Grandma Premium, brewed in New Ulm, Minnesota, which is uh, bordering <laughs> both of our home current home states. <laughs> Yes, uh, we love it. It we feel like it pairs perfectly with a good episode of Friday Night Lights. Correct. So, yes. if you haven't tried it, go ahead and crack one open. Sit down, uh, crank up Hulu or Peacock or the DVD player, whatever you have, and uh, press play and enjoy the combination of FNL and yeah. Green Belt. It is something of a regional specialty. So if you're in the Midwest, you probably have a better chance of getting it. We're talking Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska. I know the last time I was in Missouri, I looked for it and couldn't find it. So apologies to our listeners in the West Indies, but you're probably not going to be able to get a hold of Grainbow Premium. But um, we do love... Greenboat Premium. We love Shell's Brewing. And we're going to give a shout out to them. And, and they're not sponsoring. They're not paying us. No. But we love them 
this is from the bottom of our hearts. It's yeah. uh, not from the bottom of our wallets. It no. is true heartfelt. Folks, it doesn't get any more genuine than this, but if there is anyone listening from Shell's Brewing, if you did want to pay us to be sponsors of the show, we will accept your money and we will tag you in the Twitter uh, <laughs> post for this particular episode. So, yeah, I love Rain Belt. I love it. I have for many years. Josh is finally getting on the train. Yep. We've talked about it on the show for a long time. As you know, we don't have any sponsors aside from the Alamo freeze who does occasionally <laughs> jump in on our episodes uh, for advertising for things like Medicare for all um, those, those normal things that the Alamo freeze would advertise for, but yeah, absolutely. But uh shells brewing. We, we have your back. I'm two hours away. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take free s- clothing. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Listen, I'm begging you. All right, um, <laughs> please, please, because we're doing this for free. You know, <laughs> right. we don't even have to. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna plug you for every episode from now on. For, I'm gonna, as, for, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, if you want to give us money, I'm not gonna complain. But you're, <laughs> you're gonna get, you're gonna get shouted out every episode from now on. So, just so you know, uh, yeah. Here's to Shells Brewing Grain Belt. Premium American Lager, the friendly beer, unofficial beer, as of now, of the mm-hmm. Reliving Lights podcast. It is the friendly beer. You know, you, I don't know if you know this, but actually across town, there is New Ulm Brewing. They have Howenstein. It's the unfriendly beer. You start yes. drinking it, you turn into a jerk. <laughs> um, you don't want to drink Howenstein. You want to drink... Grain Belt Premium or any of the other great selections from Shell. It's the friendly beer, especially Grain Belt is the friendly beer. But if you're in the southwestern Minnesota area and you want to turn unfriendly, you're going to want to drink Howenstein. But Grain Belt is the friendly beer. Howenstein, <laughs> the unfriendly beer. You don't want to turn unfriendly. With that, Josh, let's get into the episode. Let's get into it. We are on season two. Episode nine. This episode is entitled The Confession. We got movie dude one this week. Let me check. Josh, we do have movie dude one this week. Yes. For the confession. Um, did we talk about when it aired? Yeah, this episode aired the 7th of December of 2007. That means <laughs> That it aired exactly three weeks before my birthday. So we might get an Anthony Hookman birthday episode. Ooh, nice. Coming I'm excited for that. Hopefully they didn't like take a break. You know, they might have because Year. that is right near the Christmas season. Yeah. So here's the right. movie dude one synopsis. I'm really, I'm really hoping for you movie dude one. I'm, I'm I got Let's my go. eyes closed right now. I'm, I'm looking at it. It looks short. Which is a good yep. sign, you know, yep. brevity. Okay, come on. Let's, let's go. Again. Landry gives into his better judgment and confesses about what he did while trying to save Tyra. Okay. Santiago feels the pressure about the upcoming football game while pressure mounts between Julie and her mother surrounding the christening of the new baby in the family. Hold on. I don't want to jinx it, but things are going really well at this point. You're right. 
Come on. There's there's one sentence left. Oh my gosh. Tim feels the pressure of his new roommate while Jason does his best to in getting back into the dating world. <sighs> Josh? I think, yeah. This is a at least nine. Do you want to go 10? I think it's, I, I want to go 10, but I don't think it, it's a 10. It's clear. It's concise. Is, yeah. is it the best that he can do? Like, yes. it looks really good. I want to go a high nine. If you're ready to give a 10, I am. It's, it's not bad. Do you want me to yeah. do it again? Do you want to do it again? Let's hear through? it. Let's hear it again. Yep. Landry gives into his better judgment and confesses about what he did while trying to save Tyra. Santiago feels the pressure about the upcoming football game while pressure mounts between oh. Julie and her mother surrounding the christening of the new baby in the family. Tim feels the pressure of his new roommate while Jason does his best in getting back into the dating world. I mean, this is for sure the best that he's ever done. I think we got to give him a 10. This it's is a uh, 10. This is a movie dude. This is a movie dude one masterpiece. He did I really it. think it is. I I that I'm really glad we did the reread because then I was picking up on the subtleties mm-hmm. of what he was mm-hmm. doing with the I wasn't picking up on the pressure thing before mm-hmm. and I was going to say like I can't give him a 10 because I feel like he's smashing things unrelated things into one sentence but it's the pressure that ties yeah. them together. I think I think we got to give him a 10. We had a Kobe Bryant Jiff him. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know if we were gonna get here. I honestly didn't. I, I still want him to do better, but I think that this is a it's an absolute listen. Uh Black Elk Peak is the highest peak mm-hmm. between um I think like the Rocky Mountains and the uh, Swiss Alps or something like that. Right, yep. This is movie dude one's Black Elk Peak. <laughs> yes. It's is it the, the highest, highest in the world? Is it's not Everest? <laughs> no. But it's the highest between the Rocky Mountains <laughs> and, the, and the. It's still the, impressively the high. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's something to, to write home about for sure. Man. Oh, I I. It's kind of. <laughs> kind of ridiculous the almost like giddiness i feel in my heart genuine giddiness i feel in my heart right now i was not expecting a solid turnout from movie dude one and i am very very impressed at what he's done and it's surprising because i feel like he wasn't trending in a great direction prior to this i mean we talked about it last episode his s of a sentence and it was bad it was bad so we we we're really proud of him, and I think at this point, yeah, we can at least say, "Movie to one, come on the show." <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> we need you. We need you on the show. Uh, yeah. All right. We open this episode, and Landry is right where we left off on the previous episode. Landry is in the process of confessing. The cop is really trying to help him out, really trying to get him to say, you know, it was self-defense or that the guy was attacking Tyra, that they feared for their life. But Landry is firmly committed to the truth here. Yeah. Well, and not, he's not even committed to the truth. He's committed to like a, like a self-guilt, I think like complex 
Yeah. Because the cop is like, uh, so this person had attacked Tyra before, right? And he was probably going to like at least rape her and probably kill her. And Landry is like, not important. I killed him. I took yeah. a pipe. I smashed his head with it. Yeah. I murdered him. <laughs> and right. the cop is like, okay, sure. But <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's doing everything in his power to be like, not even like in his power. Like, he's like, I've listened to your story and you are not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we as the audience know that he is, for all intents and purposes, I wouldn't call him guilty. I'm no, no. judge. I don't have a law no. degree. But. Landry's like really hung up on the fact that he was, that the guy was walking away when he clocked him. Right. Like that's what he is hung up on. That I don't he even was, think he's hung up on that. I think he's just hung up on the fact that he killed somebody. I don't even think he's concerned with the fact that the guy was walking away. Yeah. I think he is like, I killed somebody. Forget context. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Which is dumb as hell, but neither here nor there. Yep. Yep. So uh, the, yeah. the cop that who is interviewing him says, that, well, let me, I'm going to, you know, step away for a second. You stay right here. He walks to the hallway. He runs into Pa Clark. Doesn't run into him. He's Pa Clark is waiting out there yeah. for him. Cobb says to Pa Clark, "You know, this your son isn't helping himself out in there. Right? <laughs> you know, he's he's not doing himself any favors." Landry sees. He can't hear, but he sees this interaction and walks out, and he's just like, "I just want to confess." Yeah. Like, <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. Basically, it's like handcuff me, put me in jail. Um, Paul Clark is like, Landry, for crying out loud. Like, yep. Yep. how can you not realize that what you did was in not necessarily self defense, but in defense of yeah. another human being? Like, you definitely stopped her from being raped. You probably stopped her from being murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing what this guy was capable of right Paul Clark drags him out yeah. of the police station yeah literally like Landry is refusing to leave and Paul Clark's no we're going home uh yeah Landry's pretty unhinged at this point pretty unreasonable For pretty sure. unreasonable yeah and it's, it's interesting like version of I put myself in Landry's shoes and I'm like I would for sure be able to, I feel like I would be able to argue that what I would, what I did was in self-defense, but I don't know. I I think it, I think it's a way of trying to prove that Landry has such a big heart. Um, Even though we know what we know and maybe his intentions (laughs) are so pure, but (laughs) right. Yeah. I, and I, I take it a little bit as his upbringing his Christian upbringing and sure. not like a, a full robust view of <laughs> grace, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, like, no, I did something wrong and I deserve to be punished. And so I need to be punished to make it right, which is incorrect. Right. Uh, but there, I, there's, there's nothing like a healthy dollop of uh Protestant guilt. I'll tell you that right now. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've experienced it. You've probably experienced it. (laughs) Yeah. So I I definitely relate to what Landry is going through. Yep. Uh Matt and and, uh Carlota are also sinning. 
<laughs> they're in bed uh, smooching and yeah, they're snogging. <laughs> Grandma bursts in to match. No room. knocking. Nope. And she is furious uh, because she thinks that <laughs> Matthew ate her snack wells. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carlota brilliantly, but maybe not so brilliantly, goes under the covers, still is like bending her knee to a point that there is a clear shape <laughs> under the covers. But Grandma is too distracted by her missing snack wells to notice. Yeah. Grandma, um, as soon as Matt says, no, I didn't eat your snack rolls, Grandma tells Matt, uh, well, ask Carlota if she did it. <laughs> Matt goes, oh, 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 right, right now? now. <laughs> and Grandma goes, no. Uh, you dingus. <laughs> you ask her when over. she's, yeah, ask her when she's awake. So <clears> Matt, <throat> He, he breathes a, yeah. uh, a breath of, uh, uh, you know, a sigh of relief, sigh yeah. of relief. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, grandma leaves and, and they have a little, uh, Matt, you know, puts on the, he puts on almost like a smash as oh, yeah. move where he says, uh, did you eat my grandma's snack? Well, uh, they have a little <laughs> laugh about it. They're kissing a little bit. Yeah, they gotta hand it to yeah. I gotta hand to to Saracen. He really does, Saracen. You can really see him at times trying to put on the Smash persona, like in specifically. Like I'm sure he's trying. He's thinking, what would Smash do in this situation? What would Smash say? And that's what he tries to do. Bring that Smash confidence, no question about it. Yep. The Taylor family's getting ready for Baby Gracie's christening. And uh, Shelly is still there. I yeah, like Shelly is still there. Did she come down for the christening? Because she's been down there for at least two weeks, not only in like what we know, because it's not just a week per episode, but there have been two games played while yeah. Shelly has been there. So she has been there for at least two weeks. I, I don't know that we got the information of where Shelly lives. No, what Shelly's occupation is, no. how she is affording to just stay with her sister. Yeah. I, I think questions. it, I think it speaks to what they get into it about a lot between Tammy and right. Shelly is kind True. of her like fast and loose lifestyle and not being committed to anything or anyone. And the last question who calls a baptism a christening? Maybe you I, can clarify this. I cannot. Me. I also wondered oh, okay. about this because I assumed when they kept talking about a christening, I was like, oh, well, this must be some, you know, denomination that just like dedicates babies right. and doesn't baptize them. But nope, they were they were sprinkling water with a weird little clam silver clamshell. Right. Because well, the reason I got confused is because I wasn't paying, I was writing notes. I was like pausing every few seconds just to get everything down. And I heard them talking about Julie's godmother dress. And so I was like, Oh, there's a baptism. And it wasn't until later that, that I heard the term christening. Yeah. And I have never outside of this television program. Yeah. Heard the term a christening for a baptism. Yeah. That's like, they're going to bring maybe, a bottle of champagne over her head. Exactly. Over her, her soft spots, you know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, well, maybe it's a regional thing. I don't know. I'm looking it up. Well, in my other question that I had was, I know of no 
I know of no denominations that are willing to baptize or christen uh, non-human life forms. I mean, Gracie is clearly an alien. Oh. And they're just... <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, I got you, Gracie. <laughs> you went in a different direction than I was expecting that to go, but... I'm on babiesandbrides.com. Oh, goodness. <laughs> According to this, it says that christenings are common in the Catholic and Anglican church. I can't imagine that they are attending an Anglican church in West Texas. That's very interesting because I should have asked Angie if she's ever heard of a christening. Because I, I feel like I've been to Catholic baptisms and I've never heard the term christening. So... We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to dive deeper into this. I was into. Uh, we're gonna have to dive deeper. Into if you're this. listening and you know what's going on with christenings, uh, feel free to reach out on Twitter. Please do know, educate us. Uh, but they're getting ready for the christening. Tammy is very stressed about the whole situation. She's got a lot, a lot going on. A lot she's trying to juggle. Do you have anything else on the christening? I don't have much notes there. Well, not on no, the I don't either. I just scene. have uh, Shelly's still there. That was the thing I was most concerned about. I just wrote Gracie, uh, maybe Gracie's baptism is coming up, and I didn't even catch the term christening at that point until I, I got it later. But so, uh, Coach meets with Tim in his office. <laughs> I don't. Did you write down the quote? Uh, yeah, I, I knew it. I knew you would because I didn't. Because <laughs> you didn't. So, uh, yeah. I'll, you, I'll let you take it from here. Uh, I, I didn't take down the first part, but coaches, uh, yeah. I mean, he's talking about his duties as an athletic director. And I've been looking for someone who owes me a favor, someone who has been disrespectful and shown a great deal of selfishness. Can you think of anyone off the top of your head? And Riggins responds, uh, top of my head, first guy comes to mind is probably Williams. <laughs> <laughs> great, great quote. Yeah. Yep. Uh, coach responds, you know, I got a lot on my plate right now, Riggins, and I thank you very much for volunteering. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't I don't remember what exactly prompted this interaction or anything, but I think just, just Riggins think trying any, to get back on the team. I think that's general. fully it. I think it's Riggins just trying to get back on the team because there's it's a it's a hard cut just yeah. to uh, Tim and Coach's office. So yep, yep. So this is uh, kind of Coach's payback for Tim being in Mexico. Yep, uh, inexplicably for <laughs> at least one week of Coach's tenure and one week of Coach McGregor's tenure. Right. So, yep, he's gonna put. Gonna put Tim to work in the athletic department. So meanwhile, I gotta talk about this. Uh, Jason and Herc are hanging out. Jason Street and Herc. Yeah, Herc is back. Herc is on his computer. He says, "I I gotta show Jason something." Uh, Street says, "If this is Screech's porn video again, I don't want to watch it." This implies to me that Herc (laughs) is really into Screech's porn video. Right. He's tried he's shown Jason before and maybe multiple times. Definitely more than once. This is definitely a thing where like Street was like, fool me once. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, Herc's a weird dude. 
for Kirk sure. Is a weird dude. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy who would be like, let me show you something. And then screech his porn <laughs> video like five times in a row. It's Herc's version of the Rick roll. It's- exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the, <laughs> the Herc's version of Goatsy <laughs> in, in 2007. But it turns out to not be Screech's porn video. It turns out to not be a Rick roll. And it turns out to not be Goatsy. <laughs> It is indeed wheellovers.com. Wheellovers.com, ladies and gentlemen. A dating site for uh, paraplegics and the women who love them. <laughs> is that the tagline that it said? No, okay. but that's just uh, the way that I took <laughs> it. Because right, right away, and once again, I was taking notes while I was watching this, and I thought, oh, it's a site for wheelchair-bound people to find love. But I became very aware soon thereafter that it's uh, one half of the people right. are that are on there are wheelchair bound and the other half are uh, very much not, which, <laughs> you know, uh, we all have our fetishes. Um, <laughs> turns out that the woman that Jason is interested in, uh, Isabella, yeah, has more than one fetish. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into um, that for sure. I do want to mention that Isabella has a link on her profile to her MySpace, oh. which I will say is the yeah. outdated pop culture reference of the week. Definitely. 2007, that's prime MySpace. The prime yeah. MySpace. I mean, by that point, I was off of MySpace and on Facebook. That to me is like, it was outdated at the time. Yeah, I was I was managing both sites at that time because MySpace had had become more of a music destination and I was very much interested in that whole that scene at that time. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh I did not look at her profile that closely. So uh I'm thinking maybe you paused the <laughs> I did not. Well I, what I wrote down was this. Herc is uh in the Screech's porn video station to join wheellovers.com. Jason, by the way, right away is not interested. No, He's not like, no, I'm not getting involved with that. And then he sees what I had originally written down as the wheelchair bound hotties, but turns out they are not wheelchair bound, just hotties. <laughs> hotties with a fetish, perhaps, but not wheelchair bound. The and I don't know if it goes both ways. If there's men who are into women in wheelchairs on wheel, yeah, that's unclear. Yeah, unclear. But for sure, obviously, for Jason Street, if you're Herc, you're creating a profile as a man in a wheelchair. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, the next thing I have is just uh, one of them has a link to their MySpace, and that's my outdated pop culture. Yeah. So, we do get a picture of Isabella yeah. standing. Yes. So not wheelchair bound. Not wheelchair bound. And in the process of this, of them checking out this provocative picture of Isabella, Jason's mom awkwardly comes into the room. <laughs> yeah. With the, carrots uh, and cookies. Yeah. And Herc was just saying how much he loves uh, carrot sticks. As it turns out. <laughs> he was. That's what he yes. tells. That's what he says. And that, that prompts, uh, that prompts Herc to urge Jason, like, listen, man, you got to get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's saying, Hey, you know, you're still living with your folks. Granted, Jason's not even a year out of high school. He's yes, he, he like five months out of high school, six months out of high right. school at best, and and has been paralyzed for just just over a year 
right? So still learning how to yeah live. So mm-hmm. my you know it's not too soon. Uh, or but something to consider. He's not rushing it for sure. But anyway, yes. Listen, I wasn't in a wheelchair, and I was still living with my folks at that time. So <laughs> no shame to Jason Street from from Anthony Oakman. No. Uh, the next scene makes me very uncomfortable. Buddy is showing off Santiago at the car dealership as if he is some sort of prized livestock. Yeah, like a product. It's very strange. Um, and he's talk- I don't even know who he's talking to. Like, like a random customer. A person that we've never met before and to yeah. my knowledge, don't again. No. Uh, it's gross. It's very sleazy. Uh, obviously, this guy is like a uh, uh, community member of Dylan uh, who's concerned about football. Is there like getting a car wash or something? Yeah. Or getting his car detailed? It's it's not very clear. But it's mostly Buddy basically being like a, uh, not even like a college rep trying to show off like, a, here's my new guy who can play good college football. <laughs> right. like, like a lower level of that. Like, here's a guy that I, he's like, and this comes up later, but he's basically trying to be like a white savior. Yeah. Anthony gets political. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. I was. Yeah. I have extreme racial undertones. Not even yeah. really undertones. Like, yeah, very uncomfortable. Reminded me of how we learned that Donald Sterling talked about his players for the Clippers. Yes, uh, showing them off in the locker room and stuff like that. Yeah, the whole the whole scene and exchange is very troubling. I and it's it's more or less irrelevant to the episode. Like, yeah, I don't have any notes on it aside from like, literally all I wrote down was buddy talking up Santiago at the dealership. Like we could have done without this. Yeah. Uh, scene. And, and not only because it's irrelevant, but like there's another scene later on that we'll talk about that buddy more or less plays up his white savior role to Santiago. Yeah. So I, I see, I don't even know. Well, the relevant thing I feel like in this scene that we didn't need the white savior crap for was just a, that buddy says that Santiago might get some good playing time in on Friday. Like that's the point. Like that's the thing that comes back later. This kid, first of all, like, so he's, uh, a never juvenile delinquent. He's like 16 or 17 years old. He's never played football before. He is, his parents were deported. He's a, uh, like a DACA person. Apparently, um, that must be, he, he only has interest from buddy because he might be good at football. He only has interest from coach because he might be good at football. I mean, buddy is for sure playing a white savior role here. Coaches are arguably playing a white savior role here. Co- it's Buddy very much self him in to his like crappy post divorce apartment as like a surrogate child, not only because he might be good at football, but also to impress his own daughter. Right. Like the entire thing is very, very scummy. I feel like in this episode, at times, we're supposed to feel sympathy for Buddy. None. I have none. It does not work. 
Uh, so it makes me wonder, like, what are they trying to do with Buddy in this episode? And were the writers self-aware of the situation? <laughs> or is this like litigating 2007 from the perspective of 2020 or what? Right. That's what I was, I was going to say is like, I said that uh, MySpace was the outdated pop culture reference of the week. <laughs> and I think that White Savior Buddy might be the uh, pop culture reference of the week. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's the whole thing is very troubling. This, it's it's not a great scene. And th- there's more to come. More to come. Yeah. As, as someone in foster care and as an adoptive parent, there are a lot of things in this episode that make me cringe very hard. All right. So we move on from that weird, cringy, buddy, sleazy, sleazeball scene uh, to Pa Clark. He's trying to give Tyra a heads up. Like, listen, uh, stuff's about to hit the fan. You're going to need a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, he suggests a lawyer. He says, listen, Landry made a confession. He's not ready to say that he uh, was acting in self-defense. Here's a good lawyer, Um, which is a weird uh, direction for Pa Clark to go because he seems to be, he seems to know that Landry is in the direction of being like, hey, I'm guilty, lock me up. Uh He seems more concerned with, uh, defending Tyra than he does his own son, which like two episodes ago we saw him more concerned. Yeah, get away uh, from my son. Yeah, exactly. So, not necessarily a consistent uh, character achievement with this scene, but it, I understand its necessity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a scene with Tim and Guy, his roommate. Um, Guy confronts Tim pretty passive aggressively, like outside of practice. Like Tim's in full pads. He's ready to go to practice. And guy, I didn't write down exactly what he said, but it was very like, (laughs) Hey, you discovered my meth lab. You better watch your back. Like it was very like, Hey roommate, what's up? Just hanging out here at your practice. Just seeing, uh, the people that you interact with and what you're saying, uh, I'm here in support, wink, wink. But also, <laughs> if you say anything, I will know it. So, <laughs> right, just think about it. Yeah, he it's is very passive aggressive. It's very strange. This guy's oh, unhinged. It's is and it gets weirder. It only gets weirder from here. So I don't want to go further yeah. because I'm going to go further later. So well, and he he has the line in this. Uh, he has the line where he's telling Tim that returning to the herd is the biggest mistake of his life. Yeah. So, he's like, uh, I played football once and it wasn't worth a shit. So maybe <laughs> you should consider that. Maybe consider being a piece of garbage like me and having uh, uh, ferrets and hang out in your underwear and um, being a drug dealer, maybe that would be fulfilling to you, Tim Riggins. Maybe that's where you're also, in a sense, I think he's saying this is where you're headed, but also like 
he's almost saying like it would be more fulfilling to go down my path, which right. obviously would not. I think even obvious to Tim Riggins, it would not be fulfilling to go down yeah. that road. Yeah. Well, the the returning to the herd comment I wrote in my notes, as we've talked about with other people before, this guy would definitely be in the QAnon in 2020. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> this guy is one hundred and ten thousand percent uh uh trump supporter anthony gets political <laughs> here we go again um this guy's definitely into trump he's definitely into QAnon. he's definitely like a and the fascinating thing i have one of these people that i know for sure that are like they're an actual felon because they dealt drugs at one point and they also voted for trump and it's like think elaine man what do you are you pro weed or are you pro trump because you genuinely cannot be both so um yeah. granted guy here takes it an extra step and i'm not a meth guy <laughs> neither don't, am I. Yeah. don't condone it never done it uh would not be interested in doing it pass yeah, it doesn't seem like it's for me. Um, never been involved with people who do do meth or deal meth, but uh, but it seems to me like a guy who would be into meth would be like, "Hey, let's legalize everything that we can just to <laughs> take the heat off of me." So, right. um, in that sense, probably is a, a Trump supporter, but also a guy who doesn't understand. Yes, uh, anything. So. <laughs> We'll put him in that category. Uh, Tyra has a little confrontation with Landry. Landry's mowing the yard. (laughs) Yeah, I made a note of that too. (laughs) Okay. And she basically says like, hey, listen, Pa Clark told me that you confessed, that you went in. Um, Don't. Yeah, (laughs) you're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, Landry says he just can't. He can't keep lying. <laughs> he can't keep doing it. So, yeah, he did what he had to do. Over at practice, Santiago's getting his butt kicked. Yeah, he's starting to struggle. That natural talent isn't really shining through in the same way that it was Yeah, previously. Yeah, Coach goes off on him and even says, like, you were awesome last week. What's different? And, why, do you, why are you terrible now? And they kind of have a moment where coach plays his part, but Santiago doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like coach goes in and says, you know, you're a worthless piece of crap. But, you know, like he does what coaches uh-huh. do. Uh-huh. They say like, you know, he, he kind of plays the Arlie Ermey and full metal jacket <laughs> move where he's like, you dumb son of a bitch. Yo, you, I, I took you in last week and you played like hell. What the hell happened to you, son? <laughs> Right. And Santiago doesn't no talk back. He doesn't have he doesn't have an injury. He's clearly, you know, having a moment of yeah. not really being sure of what he's got himself into. Yeah. He he absorbs it almost like you can feel him taking it in a little bit, not in a good way, not absorbing no. it. And and Buddy tells coach. Oh, Santiago was just having a bad day. Yeah. Coach isn't sold. He's not ready to no to get Santiago involved at all. He's kind of thinking he might be a bust. 
Yeah, a, a, a bust in a head case. He he tells Buddy he thinks it's he thinks it's in his head. Um, mm-hmm. So next we see the the Clarks at the lawyer's office, and they're trying to work on Landry's defense, and he's not cooperating again. Yeah, the defense attorney is kind of trying to tell him, like, hey, listen, like, you were afraid for not only your life, but especially Tyra's life. And Landry is, like, Mm-mm. and this is maybe one of the biggest problems of the season is, like, I don't care if you are the guiltiest person on earth or the most innocent person on earth. Actually, I don't care if you're the most innocent person on earth. <laughs> yeah. If you are trying to act as guilty as Landry Clark like it's unrealistic yeah what because Landry is one of the most innocent people like he's extremely innocent and he is trying so hard to be guilty I I think it once again I just think it comes down to like he was raised in a certain way and he's never been in trouble a day in his life before. Mm-hmm. And he went basically from zero to a hundred miles an hour when it comes to, uh, yeah, he just, yeah. he wants to be guilty so bad. He's never screwed up before and he doesn't know how to deal with it, especially as something of this magnitude. So he's this got, is how he's reacting. He's got his dad. He's got Tyra. He's got Lawyers, basically a lawyer cops. <laughs> cop. Yeah. Everybody's trying to tell him like, Dude, <laughs> what you did is it's not fine, but like it's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Um no, nah, but he's refusing it. So we're still at that place with yeah. Landry. Uh then Lila pulls up on Jason. Jason's practicing quad rugby <laughs> in his uh driveway his parents driveway. yeah he's like a little kid like narrating his own play-by-play yeah uh in his driveway frankly and it's pathetic it's <laughs> it's pretty sad <laughs> uh yeah not a great not a great look for jason but lila drives up and they start talking a little bit but then jason gets a call doesn't uh, take long no for, it, for jason's phone to ring and I just want to say it's on his cell phone. That is definitely another different cell phone. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this one. It's not a flip phone, but it doesn't look like a brick phone. I don't know. When you're paraplegic, you get more of those upgrades. It's less than once, less than twice a year or once every two years. It's <laughs> once every month you actually get an upgrade. Is that like how it works? Yeah. Okay. That explains it. Yeah. My, my cousin's, friend was a paraplegic and he used to get the uh the monthly upgrades so <laughs> well yeah i mean it's sign me up I made that yes. <laughs> it's a call from his what what was the website uh wheel lovers wheel lovers com. yeah it's it's a it's a call from his wheel lovers date um isabella I don't know what I was trying to say in my notes. I said, who is a dating side babe? Apparently. Wow. Don't know. Movie Dude means. 1 is <laughs> here on our show. Movie Dude 1, tell me more about. You know. <laughs> but so he's talking to Isabella while Lila is there. And so they talk a little bit about Jason's new foray into online dating. Yeah. Lila's like, oh, who's Isabella? And, and, 
Jason, for his credit, is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Says, hey, I joined a dating site. Herc was involved. <laughs> we don't really know why Lila was coming over. No, we don't. She just, like, it, it's almost like she was just driving by. Yeah. Saw Jason yeah. pretending in his driveway. Just driving by. Right. Lila has. Quotes, yeah. yeah. Lila has been known to have some stalkerish moments when it comes to Jason. So who knows? Uh, we get a scene at school where Julie goes to coach's office to talk to him about the christening situation. You're right. Yeah. I um, yeah. And. Let's see. She, yeah, she's, she's telling coach that, you know, it seems the whole christening thing seems to mean so much to Tammy, but Julie is just so afraid that she's going to disappoint her. Uh, At this point in my notes, I wrote is Julie playing coach right here. And I think that's Tammy's suspicion too later on. Right. Yeah. We've seen up to this point that especially when coach was in Austin and and Tammy and Julie were back home uh-huh. that um, Julie was clearly trying to get coach on her side. Yeah. It's hard to say in this particular situation, but Julie definitely comes into coach's office concerned about disappointing Julie. So I think the way it started was coach was away. Julie. I don't think she started new expectations, but she foresaw or she saw all of what happened with the Swede Uh saw her daughter. Well, I mean, she was concerned before that about Matt, about the, uh, the three ways and the, (laughs) that's right. Rally girls and et cetera. So Mm -hmm. I think Tammy had all this concern and coach was away for a lot of it. And I think that Julie maybe saw her situation be more scrutinized by Mrs. Coach. Yep. And I think it's continuing. And so Julie comes into Coach's office. She says, I'm concerned because Mrs. Coach has been so over the top Mm -hmm. in her judgment of me as not only the coach's wife, but also as the mother of the coach's daughter, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's been scrutinizing about Julie's role as the godmother of Gracie. Yeah, right. It's a lot of pressure. Doesn't want to let her down. Coach offers to talk to Tammy here and seems pretty happy that he gets to play the good guy in this situation. Yeah. Especially after last week with Glenn. So I think I think Coach is <laughs> yeah, happy to take the position. Yeah. Yeah, so they have that interaction at, at coach's office. Then we see Tim doing some grunt work at the the gymnastics meet. He's kind of the gopher. He's keeping score. He's giving people towels, all the all that kind of stuff. It reminded me of my time as a junior high wrestler when Platt would have the like um triangles, like the yeah. the varsity yeah. triangles and like my role as a junior high wrestler would be to be like the towel boy to like, <laughs> you know, put your hand on the shoulders the last two minutes, the two minute warning on the, on the ref, yeah. the ref hand. And then 
you know, hit him on the hit him on the shoulder when when the time is up. Did you have like the foam bopper thing? Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Towel boy, blood boy. Like there was a yeah, clean up the blood kid was one of the rules. <laughs> wow. So yeah. This is back in 2000, 2001, the Bush era. <laughs> right. If you will. Yeah. Um, that's basically what 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 Tim Riggins is doing is he's but I mean to our lower role is he's like judging he was like oh the last guy got or last girl getting 8.9 i don't think he was actually judging but he's he's like flipping the scorecards and stuff like that and acting impressed (laughs) yeah so the quote i did take down the quote coach walks in checking on tim you doing all right son not really, Coach. She just hit an eight six. <laughs> Stacy should be hitting those double backs. She's been her own worst <laughs> enemy all day. It's pretty yes. bad. So he is m- taking an interest uh, in it. I'm not sure sincerely or sarcastically, but he's paying I, it, attention. It, it feels like he's relatively involved, but also it feels sarcastic. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a little above. All right. So Tim's roommate is at the gymnastics meet. Guy. Guy is making a scene there. Uh, He's very gross. He's a very gross human being. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know what to say about this guy because he is, I mean, he's unhinged. I mean, from the get-go, the most that we've seen him in, we talked about this last episode, we're talking, uh, you know, bro tank, underwears, um, Unironic sideburns. You know, you, we talked about this. Get two out of three. One out of three. Uh, <laughs> pick one, man. Yeah. Pick one. And, uh, pick one at most. And now you get, you're you going out of your way to to applaud a, a uh, high school gymnastic competition. It's it's very... He shows up in like a, a camo bro tank. It's... The whole thing's troubling. It's, it's very nasty. strange. And not only is he... Yeah oogling ogling oogling ogling not only is he ogling these high school gymnasts uh he is trying to get tim to ditch out on his job and go to the landing strip which yeah they're yeah he's trying to get him to go to a strip club it's and and coach like sees us and he's like because coach at this point knows right that they're living together and he's like you want to go uh put a silencer on your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Coach is very concerned, not only about what his roommate is doing at the gy- gymnastics meet, but also just Tim's situation in general there. So, yep. Coach is pretty concerned. Uh, we see buddy helping Santiago study his playbook while buddy cooks dinner. Yeah. Buddy's in his, uh sad apartment post-divorce sad apartment (laughs) no art on the walls you know i don't know what texas rent looks like in 2007 but (laughs) you know it's not it's not there's not a lot of square footage going on in this place so i mean for a guy who owns a car dealership you think he could yeah, what is the deal with that do better i mean i mean we do know that he considered it a temporary space you but know. still, I mean, yeah, I think if you're, I mean, listen, I'm not uh, wealthy, 
by any uh, consideration. And I live in probably the fanciest apartment complex in Brookings, South Dakota. I'll say Mm -hmm. that. I don't know what, I mean, I don't own a car dealership. If I owned a car dealership, I mean, if I'm Buddy Garrity, I'm buying a house probably, right? Like, (laughs) Right, yeah. So that's one thing to consider. But no, he's living in this uh, apartment building. He is cooking food. He's cooking steak. Steak and uh, let me see. I wrote it down. Ramanzini. Yeah. (laughs) Is what he called it. Like uh, uh, a weird combination of like a, a rich man and a poor man's meal. Like, which <laughs> once again, Buddy owns a dealership. He is not hurting for money. I don't care if he's paying child support to Pammy. Uh, I don't care if he's still paying Pam's uh, half a mortgage. I think Buddy's still coming out yeah, he, he should more well than, than the apartment that he's living in. But neither here or there, Santiago studying plays. Yeah. Buddy's cooking dinner. Santiago asks him, how much of this playbook do I have to memorize before game day? Buddy says, "Uh, all of it. (laughs) Yeah, very matter-of-factly. Like, yeah, all of it. Yep. (laughs) You should know it all. Yeah, it's not going well for Santiago. He's not really absorbing the info. Right, and Santiago was in a situation where, like, I had a real, like, I relate to Santiago in the situation where he's in a situation where he feels like, I need to learn play it for play it for play. I mean, page and page and pages. And he's like, I'm not absorbing this. And you can tell he's like, uh, and buddy doesn't seem to have any concern about it. Yeah. I honestly feel like, uh, Santiago's like a defensive end, which for the most part, defensive ends are don't let anyone get outside you. And, Beyond that, go after the guy with the ball. So right. I feel like Santiago's probably going to be okay if he doesn't have everything memorized. But yeah, uh, it's not going well. He's getting frustrated. He's getting overwhelmed. I think is the yeah. the main point. Yeah, he's he's finding himself in a situation where he once again Anthony gets political. <laughs> um, what we know about Santiago is. His parents are both deported. Yep. He has spent some time in juvie. Yep. He has a white savior in uh, Buddy Garrity. Yep. And he's just looking for a, honestly, relatively normal experience. He's looking for a simple experience where he doesn't have to think too much, which is, I don't. I This is not a... Uh, this is not a demonization of Santiago at all. This is what I think everyone, what everyone in America wants uh, is just, you know, not to have to Josh, you're giving me a look like I'm going to say something wrong really soon. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. No, he, I think Santiago is in a situation where he's like, I just want to listen. I got a, a free ride from a guy who owns a dealership. Mm-hmm. He wants me to play football. What I know about football is tackle a guy with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as a person who has had some pretty basic jobs, I make pretty decent money now. Mm-hmm. My job is to just send emails to people all day 
and get paid for it. And that's what I'm looking for. You know, like, yeah, right. You know, get paid X amount of money to just send emails all day. And that's, I think what Santiago is looking for is just like, I want to say a job where I'm not in jail, where I'm not in juvie, where I have mm-hmm. someone to look out for me and where I'm doing whatever. But Santiago's he's, he's, he's had a hard time in, in practice. He's had a hard time learning the plays. Mm-hmm. That's where he's at. He doesn't want to try to absorb this information because it's, I say this as a person who has a hard time absorbing stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. that I don't inherently understand. He doesn't want to flip through the freaking playbook and try to absorb all, which I mean, the implication is that he's like, I don't get this. Yeah. He feels like he, he, he has to do this in order to, you know, have a stable life. Like he's got to jump through these hoops for buddy in order to have a place to stay and have food and have someone looking out for him. But he's not sure at this point, like, I don't know if, a, I can handle this. B, I want to handle this. Uh, C, if this is even worth it to begin with. Right. So, yeah, he's getting a little overwhelmed by the situation. Hasn't completely come to a head yet, but we will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coach and Tammy are in bed. They are, they're just having their little, some pillow talk, you know. And coach lets Tammy know Julie came to see him at his office today and kind of tries to explain like what Julie was talking about and Julie's side of it. And I feel like a little bit like innocently and earnestly, like just trying to communicate between, you know, kind of being the go between between the two of them, but it doesn't come off very well. Yeah, I really feel like coaches' concerns are relatable and genuine. Yeah, yeah, he's not but, that he's not that far off, but it's also he's taking the side opposite of his wife, right? <laughs> Which doesn't necessarily go over well. I don't even think he knows what he's getting himself into necessarily, but yeah. So, coach comes to Tammy. And talks about Julie's concerns. Uh, this kind of puts Coach between a rock and a hard place because Julie at this point doesn't, or Tammy at this point does not know about Julie's concerns. Mm-hmm. It's kind of upset that Julie came to Coach instead of her. Right. Yeah, she's very skeptical of the situation. She doesn't really. <laughs> She's not too excited about hearing this from her husband, I guess. Yeah, no. Um, so it doesn't go over well. Pa Clark is trying to talk to Landry, and once again, Landry's being a real ding-dong about the whole situation. Yeah, I still don't understand Landry's position on this. Um, yeah. Landry is basically the uh, uh, tutor. Yeah. And it dawns on Smash that Carlota is here for Matt. He is so happy. Yeah. He goes into full on like pride mode. <laughs> That's my boy. 
That's he that's is my son Matt. Psyched. Yeah, he is psyched for for Matt. Yeah. Uh, Smash tells Matt that the situation is too good to last. Yeah. And that they need to set some uh, ground rules, some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. He's very congratulatory, but listen. Yeah, he's psyched. He's like Maddie. My boy, like as soon as he realizes, he's like, "Oh!" And he's like, "Oh, she's living with you." Wait a minute. Uh, let me tell you, women love ground rules. <laughs> which is worse? No comment. Which is worse, the uh, open relationship strategy or the setting ground rules strategy? Open relationship for sure. No yeah, question. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Matt being led astray. But he's again. confident. He is in he's in full smash mode though. He is very confident in the situation. And mm-hmm. honestly, you know, Smash has taken him to places where he would never have gotten on his own. Would you say unimaginable heights? <laughs> unimaginable new heights for Maddie Saracen, uh, thanks to Smash Williams. Yes, I As would say be, that. I mean in the very least, as we knew him at the beginning of this program. Yeah, for sure. To ditch Lauren for Carlota. That's for unimaginable. Yeah. That is an unimaginable new hype for <laughs> me and for any other probably person. Yeah, on, impressive. On, on, on God's great earth. <laughs> uh, so Landry and Tyra, we see them next. Landry says he feels like he's stuck deciding between jail and hell, basically. Uh, And says, will you please just tell me the truth? Were you in fear for your life? And Tyra says, yes. If you hadn't been there, you know, who knows what would have happened. I like to, I mean, you, me, and anybody else who's watching this so like is an obvious duh Right, like, is that this should not be an issue? You like, regard like, there had been a previous attack, regardless of when you grabbed the pipe. Right. It's not relevant. No, it's yeah. it's uh, yeah. Landry's still irrational. Still trying to somehow. Prove his guilt. He's trying to be guilty. He's yeah. trying to be guilty. Yep. Uh, you can see Buddy and Santiago driving. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, so and Buddy and Santiago are driving. Buddy asks him, you ready for the game tonight? You might see some playing time. And Santiago kind of snaps at this. Like, Yeah, and I, I'm really interested in your take on this scene because uh, Santiago goes off on Buddy for taking advantage of him, which is fair, I think. Um, More or less, like, is for sure the 2007 version of being like, you're trying to be my white savior. You're trying to get me involved in the game that I don't know, you know, uh, boo about. Um, You're trying to get me involved in this. Um, You know, uh, whatever. Buddy gets, in my opinion, inappropriate. He yep. says, listen, do you want to 
play football or do you want to go back to juvie right and 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 eaten amongst 200 other dudes who are underage and breaking the law right um we had a a little in my house i want to just make a note of Andrew and i had a little bit of uh disagreement on the level of buddy's what angie would call inspirational speech here okay because i said buddy's 100 trying to play white savior mm-hmm. angie said that buddy's trying to be realistic uh, <laughs> <laughs> um i said i i had, had a hard time with uh i had a an easier time resonating with Santiago mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. And no, Angie definitely took uh she was buddy a, side, so. Okay, here's my take on it. Yeah. I think so from both sides here. I think Santiago is over okay, I don't think it has anything to do with not liking Buddy. I don't think he has anything to do with feeling pressured into playing football. I think he is overwhelmed by his situation. Uh, having been in foster care, I know that when kids have lived in immense trauma their whole lives and have never been properly taken care of, to be in a good situation is almost like, it almost feels like a bad thing for them because it's so far out of the normal. And I'm not saying that Buddy is a great situation. It's not, right. but I mean, he's got a bed. He's never had a bed before. Right. Like just stuff like that can be so disorienting. And so I think he is so overwhelmed by how different his situation is and how then the pressure of feeling like he has to jump through, he has to be good at football in order to, to keep it. That That's why Santiago snaps. Buddy, on the other hand, I feel like, Buddy is actually being genuine and he he actually earnestly wants to help Santiago but Buddy has no grid for the for the world except for football. And so like mm-hmm. even this situation he is trying to like run it through football because he has no other means of relating to the world around him. Um so he's like trying to lay it on the line and he does have some pretty warped, like white savior mentality. I feel like his heart is in the right place as much as it can be, but it's still kind of jacked up. So I agree a hundred percent. That's why I'm really glad that we talked about it because part of me was like, said for me, 100% was like, Oh goodness. Like this is because Santiago was like, he pretty much reached a point where he was like, I don't want any part of this at all. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, drop me back off where you found me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's like, I, I think in those situations, um, kids can like sabotage their current situation because it's so disorienting to be taken care of that they want to sabotage it and act out so that they can go back to the world that they know, even if it is insecure, it's at least familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's what, what Santiago's going through. Um, and I, yeah, I think. So what you're saying is that you look at yourself as a white savior and you're taking buddy Garrity's side. <laughs> I'm not taking buddy Garrity's side. 
I'm saying I think both of them are acting out of their uh, trauma. Uh, and realistically, I agree with both sides. No, and I, I, I do, I do see Buddy's side, but I'm more than see Santiago's side, and I think that yeah. this, I agree with Santiago's side more than anything. I think that uh, Buddy is misguided, but I also think that good can still come out of that situation. For sure. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. So I'm not taking Buddy's side, just to be clear. Let's let the record show that. But Let's move uh, on to talk about Julie's dress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, For Gracie's christening. Right. Whatever that is. Uh, Julie and Tammy are bickering about the whole christening thing. It Julie bought a dress with Shelly. It's not appropriate for a not, I would not. I'm a man, but I wouldn't wear it to... If I was a godfather, <laughs> I wouldn't wear it to a baptism. <laughs> right. We're not sure what a christening is, but... Yeah, probably not appropriate for that situation. It it turns into an argument though about Julie like growing up, but also Julie not doing anything right. It's a lot of underlying issues that are coming up in this mm. argument. And it's a lot of both sides making a really good point. Yeah. It's a lot of Julie saying, listen, like I'm X age. I need to be acting like I'm X age. Tammy saying you're X age. You need to be acting X age. You know, like it's, <laughs> right. it's more or less. Back it and absolutely, forth. Yeah. And what it comes down to is Julie says, all I would like is a thank you. And as she walks yeah. away, Tammy says, all I would like is a thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel, you can definitely feel both sides of it. I felt like, it's totally understandable for a 16 year old girl to say that, like all I want is a thank you. But I also think it's very kind of a stupid thing to say to your mom who has <laughs> given up her right. life for you. Right. Absolutely. And then uh, not only uh, a mom who's given up her life for you, but a mom who's given up her life at age uh, 40 X to mm-hmm. give up her life for a new baby girl. I mean, right. If I were through it, I don't want to put myself in the situation, but (laughs) (laughs) like my, my little brother was just up here and we're four or 13 years of age difference. Like I just tweeted today about how Anthony gets political. (laughs) Um, Republicans have won two popular votes in my lifetime. My Uh little brother Miles, Republicans have won popular vote one time in his lifetime, and it was when he was two years old. <laughs> you know, like that's how different we are. Like, right? He's thirteen years younger than me, so like I understand to an extent. Like Miles is roughly Julie's age, more or less. Right? Yeah. Uh, when this is airing, so he's a whole new generation. Like that's. In a way, it's confident to me. In a way, it's scary to me because it's like, you know, I want to put him on the right path, but at the same time, like he's going to choose his own path, and that path might be terrifying. So, yeah, um, I kind of, I'm not a parent, probably, hopefully, won't be. <laughs> um, 
Jets. So there's there's a lot of drama here. Yep. And um, it makes me terrified personally to be ever be a parent. So <laughs> let's move on to so Landry is at the uh, at the police station. Yeah, he's making his confession. He's finally finally getting it right. The taped confession, and he's saying, I, "Did I feel endangered for Tyra's life? Yes." So it's on it's on the camcorder. You know, Pod Clark's lackey is is filming it. And that's really all all there yeah. is to be said about that yep. scene. He he yeah, he finally is willing to say the things that he needed to say. Yes. To he's fi- he's finally realizing, you know, like this isn't a defense, it's reality. Right. Yep. Like this is I don't need to say this because I need to be proven innocent. Like this is something I need to say because it's the it's the truth. So there there's something to be said about that. But there's also something to be said about Jason Street's date with Isabella. Yeah, he in the on the date asked her, you know, why did you post on the website? I'm just curious. Maybe this is off limits, but I just want to know. And she says that she wanted to find guys who were more open-minded. And How open-minded, Josh? Do they have to? Well, uh, you know, she or said. Isabella. She said, Isabella says, "Can I tell you what gets me going?" P. Ah, uh, this is a really funny moment for uh, in the Hookman Iverson household because <laughs> uh, it took like ten minutes because Angie was like. I thought she was going to spell out something. No. <laughs> no, no, it was just the word P, not the letter P. But Angie did admit she was like that there was a water uh like sound. Yeah. Soon after she says it that really uh brings it home. So, Isabella is a fan of water sports <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah jason street is very off put by this so he tells the server he says listen i gotta get out of this date and the server listen as a person who's been a server before uh-huh. completely resonate with her he says you want to get out of a date get out of your own date You're right and he says, listen, you understand. She just told me she's into P. <laughs> P. And the server's like, oh, what? <laughs> so, yeah, we get a little moment where uh, Isabella comes back to the table. She's, she's. What does she say to the server? She's like, oh, we need to be ready for some appetizers or something. And uh, the server says, listen, uh, uh, your date left. <laughs> I think and she says, like, we need to be ready for whatever my date orders. And she says, your date left. Yeah. And Isabel is like, that's impossible. He's he's wheelchair bound and I drove. Uh, uh. Ableist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The server says no, he left. Isabella throws water at the server. Yeah, she gets she flips out on the server. Not appropriate. As a former server, <laughs> not appropriate. Not okay. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Jason is hiding in the kitchen watching it happen. I don't want to get uh, objectifying here, but if you're Jason Street, Isabella or the server from a completely misogynistic standpoint, I'm going with the server. You oh, I was gonna say Isabella. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, not with the P thing. Right, right. Discounting the P thing, I'm still going server. Server's very attractive too. It's fine. I like I yeah. Yeah. Are, not, I mean, not out of my not right. No, my you're not job. saying she's not attractive, but yeah. you're going with Isabella. All right. Yep. 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 I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we see Santiago pregame. He is puking in the bathroom. Couldn't be more nervous. No, he's overwhelmed. He's freaking out. Uh, We go to the game and crushed. Yeah. Their quarterback, the opposing quarterback is named Pepper. Apparently his JD Pepper, JD Pepper. Foreshadowing JDs. I thought the same thing. Yep. yep. The, a, a JD for sure. I actually thought like that's just pretty uncreative of the writers. Like I feel like a quarterback yeah. in Texas would be named JD. They so. should have probably got more original later in the series, but yep. uh, I don't they, want to spill anything. Yeah. They went back to JD. Uh, it's 28-13 going into halftime. Uh, and, you know, the I believe it's Slam and Sammy probably says – they need pressure on the quarterback if they're going to turn this thing around. Panthers are down. Buddy pulls coach aside. He says, listen, you got to play Santiago. Yeah. He's a street fighter. You never know until he gets in the ring. Again, mm. buddy. We don't like it. That's uncomfortable for me. For you we to say like that, it. buddy, that is uncomfortable like for me. Please mm-hmm. don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach doesn't do it at first. He does not. Uh, he's like, well, I'll take that into consideration. Doesn't put Santiago in. They continue sucking on defense. So finally, all right, we're going to put in Santiago. Well, and Santiago gets in the zone very fast. Well, he gets his butt kicked for a few plays. That's true. That's true. And it's not until a lineman like trash talks him and calls him a bitch that he gets fired up. He looks up sees buddy in the stands he has this like moment where the camera is like searching the stands and finally like oh there's buddy josh yeah the year is 2004 yep it's the third quarter Uh uh-huh your jaw's broken (laughs) yep this is a true story so far your eyes are searching the stands for inspiration you know you're hurt but you don't know how hurt who are you looking for <sighs> honestly the only person I remember seeing in this moment where my jaw was broken Dave Inc. I, I knew it I knew it <laughs> not Dave Inc. it's Alan Weir in his polyester <laughs> shorts <laughs> Looking at me, I specifically remember this. My jaw's broken. I'm sitting on the ground, and Alan Weir looks at me. He's like, "Get up!" <laughs> so I got up and I kept playing. So Incredible. that Alan Weir, 
is my inspiration specifically think, in maroon polyester honestly, shorts. Honestly, I don't think that there's anybody else that we've referenced on the show more than Alan Weir, and I think we got to get him on the show for sure. So Santiago sees his inspiration, Buddy Garrity, his savior, if you will, up in the stands. Uh, and that really is what motivates him. Well, I think it's mostly being called a bitch that motivates yeah, him. I think that's a big part of it for sure. Yeah. And um, I think that the, the uh, one part uh, that Santiago, who has been shielded from football as a sport, uh, right. I understand yep. for his entire life to this point, the thing that he does understand is if there's a guy with the ball, you tackle him. And <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what he does. He 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 gets a sack for a fumble. Yep, yep. Knocks the ball loose. Panthers and recover. Let, and let me explain that I was writing notes, so I'm distracted trying to write as many notes as I can. And Angie goes, oh, did he play good? And I was like, yeah, he got a sack. And Angie, the sister of a head football coach, <laughs> The daughter of a football coach says, <laughs> I don't know what a sack is. Okay. <laughs> and the girlfriend of a person who is a fan of the 7-0 and as of this point, oh, Pittsburgh wow. Steelers. <laughs> I wasn't even aware. That's great. Good for you. Did not uh, understand what a sack is. Yeah, that's. I feel like you almost have to be actively not right. It's like a- she's not even trying. trying. Yeah, <laughs> it's like she's not even trying. So I just uh, wonder. I was like, a sack is where you uh, tackle the quarterback for a loss. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, Santiago gets a sack for a fumble. Yep. Panthers recover, turns the tide of the game, changes the momentum. Panthers win. Yeah. Um. I thought that I had written down what the score was. They didn't really say at the end of the game. Like we're oh, you, it we was just, 28 to 28 to 13 at the half. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then the Santiago, yeah, the Santiago sack happens and then we just kind of cut to the end of the game and we find Jason out that the Panthers won. Yeah, but um Buddy tells Santiago that he brought the magic and won the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah changes the momentum change the momentum is yep that was the key um santiago kind of tries to brush it off but nobody is wants him to know like that was you that was you uh the waitress from the restaurant gives jason a oh. ride home Ooh. okay everyone so the panthers win the game mm-hmm. but he tells santiago the he is the one who won the game uh-huh. brought the magic uh-huh. The momentum. There is a music cue. Oh, okay. That I wanted to mention. Yeah. And this is something that I did really want to bring up to you. The song is Source Tags and Codes by the band, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead. Oh. I've never listened to the band, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead. Mm-hmm. But based on this song, they have a very different sound than I was expecting. Yeah. No, they're kind of they're kind of in the post rock category, right? Yeah. For but sure. like a little bit harder than explosions in the sky. Uh based on the song that they played, only barely. Like this could have been uh Okay. 
I mean, this is, yeah, post, I would describe it a post rock for sure. Like, as soon as I saw the, the band name pop up, I was like, and to be honest with you, I'm a judgmental human being. So when I see the name, like, and yeah. almost by the trail of the dead, I was like, oh, that's not a band that I'm interested in. I thought that would yep. be like a full on, like, metal band, like, yeah, right. Something that I would not be interested in. They were yeah. pretty, yeah, I would describe it as post rock from yep. what I heard. Yeah, uh, they were back in 2007. I would say that uh, Explosions in the Sky was a hipster band, and and you will know us by the Trail of Our Dead was the hipster hipster band, like another level of hipster. Yeah, no good good music cue. I didn't catch it, but yeah, that's that's a very 2007 music cue as well. And I did it, double Shazam it. I had to do it twice, but I got it. You got it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so Buddy and Santiago have their moment in the hall while And You'll Know Us by the Trail of Our Dead is playing. The waitress gives Jason a ride home, and they really hit it off in the car, arguing over who has had the worst date. They're kind of going back and forth. Well, a little flirty flirty arguing. I would. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. For sure. Very flirty. Uh, Jason just pulls the trump card with. He moves in. He knows he's Jason Street. It doesn't matter if he's in a, a dang wheelchair. He's Jason Street. And she yeah. is into it. They yep. it works. Kiss. Yep. They kiss in the car. Um we cut over to Matt and Carlota. He tries to bring up the ground rules with Carlota. She doesn't she's not interested. No. Like, what are you she talking about? Is, more into a little bit of this. Yeah, she <laughs> Yeah, she kisses him to shut him up. Yeah, Smash um, once again, uh Smash's rules are wrong. It <laughs> maybe they work for Smash, but they do not it's not like a cut and paste situation onto Matt Saracen. No. And Carlota, after she kisses him to shut him up, says, I think I want to teach you how to make mole. Yeah. Which I didn't really understand. <laughs> well, and that's I, I paused it and I was like I told Angie, I was like, what did she want to teach him? And Angie was like, I think she said mole, but that's Mexican and she's Guatemalan. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, not sure that makes culturally, sense. I didn't know if that was a euphemism in the moment. Like, right. Hey, let's make some mole. One, you know? And the dish that she teaches him later is, I don't know what category that falls. Yeah. Well, no, that was mole. Because oh, mole is like like chilies and and chocolate and it's a very unique dish. But well, then I guess I got to talk to Angie because um she seemed confused by the whole thing uh, as well. So I'm well, she's Honduran, so what does she know? But. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we get back to Tim's roommate guy. Uh, uh Tim's sleeping. Yeah. In in like a. Uh, this is not even his own bedroom. It's like a, it's like a den or like a laundry room. Yeah, I was gonna say like a storage room. I don't know. It's not a bedroom. It's not a no, bedroom. And he's in there with Roscoe and Coltrane. The ferrets is what it seemed to me. There's uh, at <laughs> yep. least one cage in there, and uh, Tim's roommate confronts him with a rifle. Yeah, just sticks it right in his chest. Not okay. Uh, not even as a as a bit, which as it turns out to be, but not no, don't okay, not no. as a bit. <laughs> no. Tim's rightfully terrified of of the situation. 
guy tries to make it out like it's some kind of a joke or a bit, but yeah, I have, uh, he tries to make it out as a joke, but it's really not. Um, well, and guy, guy's been passive aggressive for, uh, I mean, we're talking, uh, three yeah. or four days now at this point from the yeah. moment that Tim finds out about the meth lab guy's been passive aggressive. Yeah. Josh, you and I have known each other for 25 years. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. How many times passive aggressive, passive aggressive, how many times has a rifle been involved in our friendship? I would count one time. Yeah, maybe one, a shotgun at least, but yeah. definitely never pointed into each other's chest. No, never at a chest. Uh, I, if uh, a person that I knew for, we're talking, and in, in the context weeks. of the episode, I would say a week and a half tops. <laughs> yeah. That person shoves a rifle in my chest. I'm getting out of there. Which but, Tim pretty much does. Uh, yeah. As the, it turns out, it is a joke. <laughs> kind of. Uh, Allegedly. Yeah. Guy says that he's got buddies that have come over. They're kind of having a little party downstairs. Wants Tim to come down and meet them. Tim goes down, immediately gets offered a gets offered meth or a crack pipe or something. Not only that, you don't even have to see the crack pipe or the meth or whatever it is that he gets offered. You look at this room. I don't want to be judgmental of other people, but you look at this room yeah. and you see, listen, I was a part of your, my day. <laughs> oh, I've never had a time where I've ended up in a, in a five guy room where it's like this, but I've definitely been in situations where I knew it was the right time to to bounce, <laughs> you know, not be part of uh, this particular ten or less person room. <laughs> Tim Riggins look at looks at this. I mean, we're looking at male pattern baldness. We're looking at drugs. <laughs> we're looking at camo clothing. We're looking at uh, you know, I mean, all the signifiers. Yeah. There's like a dude unconscious on the couch. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, what more that. can I say? I mean, eh, yeah. Get and out of there, Tim. Yeah. Just get out. So Tim makes, I mean, I'm gonna say this might be the MVP Tim moment of the <laughs> series. I'm yeah. the, the MVT most valuable Tim <laughs> moment of the series because he says, um, let me go grab some vodka from the liquor store. Yep. He says, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to bounce. I'm going to go bring, I'm going to bring the party back though. Right. Tim does not bring the party back. He grabs <laughs> his boots and he bounces. Yeah, he gets, he's out of he there. He gets out of Dodge very yep. quickly. Good call. Tim gets out of there. Jason gets dropped off at home by the waitress the next morning. I'm assuming they... Uh, spend the night together. Yeah. Yeah. So next morning, um, Jason gets dropped off. I mean, the moment that his wheels hit the ground and she drives off, he is in celebratory mode for sure. <laughs> right. His parents, not so much. He goes in, no. they're furious. Um, he tells them it absolutely will not happen again. It was unacceptable. It won't happen again because, He's moving in with Herc. Yeah. He says, I agree with you. It is unacceptable. 
I shouldn't have done it. And it won't happen again because yeah, I'm moving in with Herc, which I think, uh, you know, we, we have our disagreements on Herc, but uh, I think it's a good call as a, oh, yeah. we're talking a, a darn near 20 year old Jason yep. street. Yep. Starting a um, new chapter in his life for sure. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, uh, his poor parents for making their home handicap accessible for, <laughs> for less than a year, but that's, you know, they're still going to want that though. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll suck home and visit Tammy. She asks Shelly to talk to Julie in private. Yep. Shelly agrees. She says, I'll help. Julie put on her necklace. Yeah, I can do this. Yep. So they do it in private. They have a little conversation. Tammy kind of uh, apologizes, says, Hey, I went off a little bit. Yeah. This is so important to me because I just want my family back. You know, she wants Julie back ever since the baby's been born. She's been yep. super distant. Uh, and so she wants, she's really like hoping that this christening can be kind of a, almost like a fresh start, like the family coming together and like, um, you know, the, the symbolism of baptism is that you're a part of, at least infant baptism is that you're a part of God's family. And so she's like almost making this parallel, like, you know, this is where we come together as a family and we, we start over. So they smooth things over. Uh, the Taylor family's bustling around, getting ready for the christening. And in the process of that, Tammy there's, looks. There's a pickup parked outside. <laughs> yep. Uh, a pickup that we know well. It is Tim Riggins. He is sleeping in his pickup outside their house. Coach goes out there and. Uh, we see him kind of talk to Tim, bring him into the garage, give him a sleeping bag, um, which we're assuming at this point is a, he's offering him a place to stay. Maybe. Yeah, I took as a um, the 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 Taylor family garage is now Tim Brian's temporary <laughs> home, right? Which is a better temporary home than Guy's favorite yeah. room, <laughs> right? Where you get uh, challenged with a rifle in the case that you maybe don't feed, feed. the ferrets. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's not good. You and and you know what? Honestly, Buddy Garrity stayed in Coach's home. <laughs> the best you can offer Tim Riggins is a, a garage. Listen, I know it's Texas. I know that the climate is temperate. <laughs> right but if you offer buddy garrity a room in your home yeah and the best you're offering tim riggins who is objectively less of a scumbag <laughs> the garage granted you got a daughter at home yep tim is a known yeah flanderer yeah uh it appears that Tim has a, a, a definitely an upgrade in his lodging. Right. But a downgrade from buddies. What do you make of that? I uh, yeah. You know, I I think Buddy holds a lot of sway in that town. Okay. So All right. So if you're coach, you're making the same decision. No, nah, I'm not saying that. Okay. All right. That. 
just wanted to clarify. I think I think Coach knows he might get in trouble with Tammy for welcoming Tim Fair. Riggins yeah. into the house, so he's well, trying to. Get he knew that you might be in trouble for bringing Buddy into the house, and right. I think he knew you might have been in trouble for Julie walking in on Buddy, not locking the bathroom door. Yeah, that was. I'm trying to share, share a pork chop. So, <laughs> Join me in a pork chop. That's something to consider. Uh, we get a, I, we get our typical end of the episode little montage here. Yeah, a lot of scenes back to back to back. Um, I did get the music cue. Oh yeah, another camera obscure, camera obscura song. Okay, another another Friday Night Lights favorite. Yep, arrangements of shapes and space. My okay. camera obscura. So we get a little montage. We got um, street moving in with Herc. Is Lila helping? Is that did I see that? I may not have been paying close enough. Attention. I definitely saw Lila. I assume that she was helping, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Very progressive for if she were to do so. <laughs> yeah, um, we get Carlota and um, Matt. We get Carlota maybe teaching him to cook mole. Yep, that's what they're doing. We see the christening. We get the kind of the voiceover of the pastor welcoming yeah. into God's family, God's unconditional love. I felt like it was actually a nice church scene for once instead yeah. of like reinforcing some guilt and shame complex. On right. The- and just to reinforce Angie's uh, view of the Taylor family and arguably Julie's hate. <laughs> Angie was like, Julie's going to drown gravy, baby Gracie. I was like, this is. You are oh, wow. darker than the show. Yeah. How <laughs> frankly, how dare you? <laughs> this um, is the house of the and Lord. Honestly, I think you might hate Julie more than we do at this point. So uh maybe check yourself before <laughs> you wreck yourself. So yeah, that's that is taking things to a different level. Uh we end the episode with the cops showing up at the Clark household. Uh, my question is, as God-fearing people, shouldn't the Clarks also be in church at this point? I guess we don't have a firm view of the timeline, but... I don't think we know that it's necessarily the same The same time, day. yeah. Yep. Um, you know, the Clarks might be Seventh-day Adventists. Um, they might <laughs> they be already went to... Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Um, they, who, who, who's to say what religion... Or what sect of Christianity really that the uh, Clark family follows? But the the police, who frankly also are not at church at the time, <laughs> um, they show up at the Clark household. They say we need to talk to Landry. The audience, you and I, we're, we're worried. Yeah, uh, it turns out they're not pressing charges. Yes. On Landry. That's what we find out. Landry goes to tell Tyra this. We don't really know, but he goes to tell Tyra. Um, My question is, does the look in Landry's eye at the end of this episode tell us that he knows this is the beginning of the end of the relationship? I think yes. I think yes. I think he knows. And arguably is this, uh, yeah, a part of his concern. He's got the girl. Yeah. And he's willing to like try to be a murderer <laughs> to to cover up for that. So Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's the end of our episode. We're gonna take a little break here. We'll be right back. 
All right, our Coach Taylor inspiring. Let's start out with that. Uh, how are we feeling about Coach this week? Yeah. Um, let me dig in. Coach is, you know, kind of playing this in between between Julie and Tammy, which is not great. I don't feel like it's uh, it, it's not malicious in intent, but no. I also don't feel like it's a good move. No, he is uh, definitely in, a bit in between the rock and hard place, and the the rock is Julie, and the hard place is Tammy. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I can tell that there. Yeah, Coach is uh, coming from a place of definite concern, but also concern for himself. You know, he's he's getting Santiago on the team, who may or may not be a. Uh, game-changing acquisition, <laughs> right? But he's also dealing with Julie. He's also doing dealing with uh, Baby Gracie's christening, if you will. I don't know uh, where to put where to put Coach in this episode. I I, I mean, like a four or five. I, yeah, uh, uh, right. Yeah, he's not rising to unimaginable new heights by any means he's Mm. not like he's not failing either so i think a four i think a four is fine okay with that yep julie taylor hate meter julie doesn't have a great episode here no even angie hates her um which is uh something to be said so it's definitely in the positives i uh you know, Noah's gone as far as we can tell. Oh, yeah. That's uh, over with, apparently. Yeah, so that's a positive for Julie, but she is still not making good choices. Um, yeah. She's still trying to get involved in these provocative dresses, which. <laughs> yeah. Whatever your judgment on that is, yeah. making things hard for, for Coach and Mrs. Coach. Yeah. You know, you got, you got Shelly coming in, making, uh, you know, maybe arguably being a bad example. Tammy's mad about the dress that Julie wants to wear for baby Gracie's christening. Yeah. Julie's mad about uh, the little top that Shelly buys her for um, the... <laughs> The Puerto Rico trip or the Costa Rica trip or (laughs) whatever it is. Um, uh, Coach and Tammy are judgmental of the wardrobe that are involved in the last two weeks. Yeah. Julie has a arguably provocative dress for baby Gracie's christening. Julie definitely has a provocative top that aunt Shelly has purchased for her that all the folks are wearing in Costa Rica. <laughs> Apparently. So, yeah. um, they're, they're concerned. Yeah. And, and also Tammy's concerned about Noah in the last episode. So, right. All this is adding up. We have not, it's all kind of coming to a head. Uh, I feel like Julie's trending upwards on the hate meter right now. I would not great. I would put her at a probably like a six right now. I agree with the six. Yeah. Yep. 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 Moving moving on up. Um, 
not to as high as we know she can go, but it's not looking good. The big rig beer tally. I don't think we had anything. I didn't have anything in this episode. I didn't have anything marked down. Uh, the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshock Scoofus Malufus moment of the week. I had down, uh, I made a note when Smash realizes that Carlota is yeah. there to see Matt and just the the grin on Matt's yeah. face. It's not uh, even the Matt Saracen Goofus Malufus of the week. It's the Smash Williams Goofus Malufus moment of the week. Yeah. Like, on, it is a yeah. moment where he, really is, he realizes I'm not in control. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week is just the whole white savior yeah, mentality, right? For sure. For sure. The the moment where he tells Santiago, you can go back to juvie if you want to. You don't matter to me, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's very yeah, gross. We don't like it. Notable music cues. What do we have? Yes. Um, Camera Obscura uh, and You Will Know Us by the Trail of Our Dead. Yeah. Both of them. I think the song by And They Will Know Us by the Trail of Our Dead song was honestly the most surprising because that band name suggested to me (laughs) that that would be a uh, much heavier sound. So, frankly, I'll give them more of a try. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, if you're into explosions in the sky, I would say go ahead and check it out. And I am outdated pop culture reference of the week. What do we, I feel like? Is, Isabella's MySpace bitch. MySpace, yes. MySpace. Reallove.com. <laughs> um, Isabella's MySpace page. She has a link on myweallove.com or whatever it is. Reallove.com. Wheel, wheel love. Is that a play on real love? I didn't even catch that. I don't know. No, I just clicked then. Uh, quote of the week. What submissions do you have? I, I don't have a ton for this me. one. I have uh, coach approaching Riggins while he's working at the gymnastics meet. You doing all right? Not really, coach. She just hit an eight six. Stacy should be hitting those double backs. She's been her own worst enemy all day. It's pretty bad. I made a note of that one. All right. Well, then I guess by default, it's Tim's commentary on the gymnastics meet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Not great, but. But he he also like expresses genuine concern. He, what I love about that is he is like, I'm here because I need to be, but also what was the thing that like she got an 8.6 coach? You know, (laughs) like she's been her own worst enemy all day. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, MVP of the episode. Uh, make your case. Who you who you going with? If I may, mm-hmm. Timmy Taylor. Okay, I mean, always a good choice. <laughs> um, I think Tammy made her case, and I, I, and for the first time, a genuine case against Julie. Not to say that Julie's the enemy, because we do love Julie. Mm-hmm. Amy T. Garden, come on the show. Come on. But um, I think Tammy made her case of being like, listen, I know my sister's in town. I know that uh, Coach has kind of been easy on you, but I need you here to be my daughter. I, you know, baby Grace is getting christened 
And, uh, you know, we need you here provocative dress or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I'm going to say Mrs. Coach Tammy Taylor. Tammy. All right. Uh, man, nobody's really making a real, a real hard case. I'm, I'm going to go with Santiago just because he gets his shot and he gets in there and he, he does his darndest finds inspiration uh, mainly in being verbally assaulted and in Buddy Garrity <laughs> and, uh, you know, gets in there, changes the momentum of the game. So I'm going to go from a performance, the like a, a classic MVP uh, yeah. and go with Santiago. That is a pretty weak case, I'll admit. So I think Tammy Taylor is kind of our default. If all else fails, just give Tammy the MVP. But, you know, a shining moment for Santiago at the end there. The joke of is I just submit Tammy Taylor as a, as a bit anytime <laughs> that I don't have an MVP. So uh, the fact that I could win with that is... You I'll can win it. every time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, okay, that leaves us with our episode rating. Not... Not a not a not no. a great one. What um, do we we gave last episode what a five? Yeah, lowest lowest of uh, the series. So Is this far. better or worse than the last episode? I'm gonna give it slightly better. I'm gonna go a low six. Yeah, personally, yeah. I think so too. There's a lot going on. There's a lot for us to talk about, at least. So whether it was quality or not, it at least provided some some good discussion. So that'll wrap it up for us for this episode it man we are episode 209 so we're cruising our way on through thanks for hanging with us through season two this is this is an episode where you start to get the full picture i mean if you hadn't seen friday night lights before you're starting to understand (laughs) what what a mess season two is we're glad you're sticking with us if you're listening to this episode and especially if you're in the west indies we appreciate you (laughs) all listening to us so shout out oh as always to our listeners in the west indies yeah we love you we appreciate you this is josh and anthony reliving the lights come on back next week we're gonna get into episode 210 uh we love you we appreciate you go check us out on twitter that's it god bless Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.